in the holy name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Lord himself will give you a sign. By the stream running along the fuller's field, the prophet Isaiah meets with a frightened king, Ahaz. It is wartime, and the whole kingdom of Judah trembles like the aspen leaves in a fresh spring storm. Not enough that tiny Judah is surrounded by the mighty on all sides. Now rumors of war surge through David's city. The northern kingdom will now ally itself with Syria and make war on its own kindred, covenant Israel against covenant Judah. The battle has not begun. Not yet. The war engines remain still, but who knows for how long. Clausewitz's fog of war has begun to spread its cold wings over the people of Zion. Fear feeding on fear, rumor and threat, desperate measures hazarded and alliances unthinkable short months ago are now broached as the last bulwark against destruction. The prophet Isaiah comes out to meet this frightened king, walking with him up and down this lonely field, a war council in the last light of a fragile peace. Isaiah tells the king what he cannot bear to hear, that Israel will indeed ally itself with Syria. They will sweep down upon Judah, a kind of national fratricide. And worse, no alliance will help. The Lord has given the prophet a word not the empire and chariots of Assyria will deliver Judah, but rather Almighty God himself will redeem, will ransom and protect the people of his own choosing. The Lord himself will give King Ahaz a sign. A young woman will bear a child and will name him Emmanuel. God with us. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. They who dwell in the shadow of death, on them shall light shine. The sign of the Lord, we should say, comes in the midst of darkness. It is given at night. How often the night is punctured by the light who is God. At night, Abraham counts the stars and receives the Lord's promise of covenant blessing. At night, 
In the horror of a deep, dark sleep, the fire pots of God and a pillar of fire divide and pass through the birds and animals sacrificed and spread out before the Lord. Jacob meets the angel at the Jabbok in the dark of night, wrestling with his God until daybreak. At night, the menace and justice of the holy God passes through Egypt, and the firstborn are slain, the blood-soaked doorways of the slave huts spared. At night, the innocents are slaughtered by a frightened King Herod, and the tiny family of David's line steals away under cover of darkness to Egypt. The night brings dreams of holy things to Joseph and Daniel, and to another Joseph, a righteous man, who will dare to take a pregnant woman for his wife. And the night will bring a frightened and daring Nicodemus to Jesus, a pious Pharisee who one day will take a wounded corpse for his very own to bury him as the sun sinks at last. Judas will betray his Lord at night, torches from the police lit to illumine that last kiss. Peter will deny his Lord at night, the charcoal fire which burns in the high priest's courtyard becomes the smoky firepot, dividing and disclosing the faithless heart of the Twelve. The night descends even in broad daylight to cover with a blanket of darkness the horror of the crucifixion of this one light the righteous for the unrighteous. And at night, before the first light, that child given to us will rise, healing in his wings. So we confess, the night is our work, but the Lord God meets us there. In our day, we too know the night. We know the rumors of war, the threat of violence and invasion and terror by nations across the globe. We know the works of the night in our own nation, the poverty that robs our neighbors of their birthright as children of the good God the hatred and contempt that poisons our national life, the prisoner, the refugee, the sick and dying, all crying to the heavens for compassion, for justice, for liberty, the earth itself groaning in travail. We know the night, and we tremble as leaves before the wind. For we, too, are a people that sits in darkness. 
But the Lord God meets us there. He will give the sign from the heights to the depths. It is not too small a thing for our God to bestow upon us this light to illumine our path. The Lord's sign is simple, almost astonishingly so, the birth of a child to a young mother. It is so small, this quiet sign of God's. In troubled Judah, amid the folly of a desperate king, a young woman will give birth and nurture on curds and honey a little boy. Such a natural, such an ordinary thing. A young boy learning good from evil. This is the sign of God with us. In ancient Judah, we know the boy's name, but not his mother's. But in another household of the covenant, in the land of Israel, many generations later, the woman's name is known. The virgin's name is Mary. She is the mother of the sign, the light that overcomes the night. And we honor that Annunciation today. It is a small sign, a quiet visitation from an angel of light to a young devout woman in a hamlet buried far from the great cities of the Roman world. Even Mary wonders what sort of greeting this might be. It seems so simple, so very human, this gift of life, this travel to her cousin Elizabeth for help and shield, this sheltering in Joseph's generosity and faithfulness. Yet this is the birth of God. The starlit heavens will be torn apart with angels and the music of the heavenly chorus when this birth comes to Bethlehem. The night will be alive with joy. This little child will be great, and the government of the earth will rest upon his shoulders. He will be the light of the world's darkness. The sign has been given to us in our night, in the night of every generation and of every dark haunt of this weary world. This Emmanuel has put death to flight and planted hope deep into the despairing earth. It is a small sign, a singular birth of faithful virgin at her prayers, but it is the revolution that has made and will unmake the world. Let us give thanks this day for the great good tidings, the wonderful sign that night is vanquished 
and the light who is God burns bright, burns eternal. Amen.